essentially it's the dissolution, the transcendence, and then the coming back to life in that order. So the, the kind of blackening phase is always the dissolution phase. Um, if you kind of, there's, there's several texts, like, cause I also study like actual alch alchemical texts, like you cannot get to anywhere unless, unless you dissolve. So you, you know, and, and that is, you know, it's fermentation. It's, you know, it's the death card, it's Scorpio. And, you know, it's like, you've got to, you've got to get into the soupy mess in order to really dissolve. If you're just, you know, if you're just dying, like dying on a fainting couch or something, that's not actually death. Like you gotta, you gotta like fully, yeah. fully immerse yourself. Yeah. That's right. Scorpion Eagle snake. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Hello, friends. Welcome to the eighth house of astrology, ruler of occult, magic, mystery, and truth. Join me, Sarah, a developing psychic medium with a scientific mind, and my good friend Eliza, a tarotist and thanatologist, as we explore through the lens of the tarot the healing hidden within the deepest and sometimes the darkest corners of the human experience. starting season four aptly with our other birth card right there's the emperor mm -hmm. for the life path card also and its counterpart is death mm -hmm. so I was like what better I just I what still better can't, place to start season four I, I, I still mean, can't believe we both have the same life path it is and cool. other yes. what's the other name of the card it's the other card the death card would be the death and emperor oh okay well what do you mean oh the life the life card i think what but it's just that again? it reduces 13 is there 13 yeah it's 13 so it reduces four oh. reduces to one plus three which That's is 13 right. which is death yep. okay so gotcha. emperor and death are our like we joke about these polar opposites that we go yeah. you know oscillate yeah. between yeah it's, it's so okay. here we are season four Okay, so, well, just to talk about it from a a, a tarot perspective, mm -hmm. first off, um, probably the first thing you hear when you get into tarot is when you're starting to give readings and, or maybe even for yourself, the death card doesn't mean literal death. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that. And, you know, just how to allay the, the fears and the gasps from your sitters, your querents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yourself you know because it looks very ominous and a lot of decks have even attempted to make it less ominous um and and soften it and call it things like transition or journey or right right uh, but but then when it comes to well I'll get to that in a second but just to say like the associations it's associated with the eighth house which is the Scorpio house so mm -hmm. again this is like Four plus four, you and me equal mm -hmm. eight. Eighth <laughs> house, Scorpio. Um, eighth sign is Scorpio, and it is the sign of all of these things we talk about on this show, which is death, the occult, the hidden, unknown, yeah, mystery. So, as far as um, death and and us starting two cards ahead of um you know where where the 
third leg picks up technically. I, I, I think going back to the hanged man, it, and how they kind of segue into one another, the hanged man um, from the wildwood tarot preparedness for the journey, which is what they call the, the, um, the death card. Um, And I mean, so what, what I want to say is just like, I obviously study death. I'm in yes. a hospice internship. <laughs> um, I recently saw that article about how um, autistic people can have a special interest in death and mortality. You know, I have, did you share that with me? Because I heard I shared that. it online. Okay. Because I, you know, because I've been diagnosed oh, with I did ADHD, say Sarah. which yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is thought to be on a similar mm-hmm. spectrum as autism. And, the neurodivergent spectrum. And then I wondered, yeah. I was like, does that, is that, did that, has that always played a role in my initial extra fear of death, but then interest in, yes. and then it does tend to start out in, as fear. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's interesting that, um, you know, part of my natural makeup might have mm-hmm. be, played a role in my in my interest your in neurology life. right yeah. exactly. and I think it's and to be honest I think it it comes down to our innate um just attraction to truth and honesty and authenticity yeah you know yeah yeah I you think. mean like specifically the neurodivergent exactly neurology type exactly mm-hmm. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. well this is just um it, it's on the talk death um site and it's uh understanding autism and the hyper fixation on death. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, as someone who was late diagnosed autistic, um, that it, it is one of the first memories I have is just almost having this hyper awareness of, Oh yeah. I'm, I don't know how, how much we're wanting to sort of just jump around, but yeah, apparently we are. I know that's what we do. <laughs> Can't get away from some things. ND um, and all. <laughs> so I really didn't have, I think I was a little bit maybe unconsciously avoiding thinking about it until I was 16 and lost a close friend. And yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden, I was just faced with the you know, with my own mortality and with understanding just how precious, you know, life is. And so I can, I can just say that I can pinpoint the day Mm -hmm. and the moment that I became face to face with, with that reality. And I'm wondering if that's true for a lot of people. I'm sure it it I think so. Like it happened to me when my, my mother had just gotten a puppy right before my half sister was conceived and born my mom had a lot of trouble like mm-hmm. keep keeping pregnancies and so she had a lot of like losses in that way and was always sort of a source of sadness for her but so she had this puppy and, it, and I really cheered her and everything and then she um ran out and got hit by a car and I was one of the last people I was sick I had a cold and I was sitting there watching I think the witches of Eastwick wow <laughs> I I remember it so vividly, like, because the door slammed back open. She bounded out right after them. The door had bounced back open and uh, she got hit. And it just, um, I remember being like, 
ah, and just, just beating myself up. Cause I didn't grab her, you know, like I was I just like, come here. And I was too sick and lazy to just get up and stop her from doing that. And I felt so terrible for so long. Mm-hmm. And I think we always, Oh yeah. I mean, just no matter who I mean, it is. Yeah. Like right, I think gonna... every person in that situation probably felt like they could have had something yeah. to do with the outcome, exactly. which exactly. is, you know, is one of the, is one of the constructs of, um, or the effects of contemplating death exactly. is that feeling mm-hmm. like there's something we could have done. You know, it's that control versus mm-hmm. letting go. It's like uncontrol, right? <laughs> the we, death and the emperor controlling. Exactly. Yeah. We want to think that we we like to think that you know we can mm-hmm. control these things in some way, and that's yeah, that's the greatest. Uh, well, yeah, illusion. yeah, myth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If we're going on that second leg. Sorry for the redundance every episode, but it's so it's just fascinating every time that it's like strength, mental fortitude, introspection in the hermit, wheel of fortune, don't know what, you know, becoming comfortable with things happen outside of our control. Justice is ownership, responsibility for your actions and understanding consequences for your decisions and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, and then the hanged man is really different. It's like taking all of that and literally like turning it off or hitting pause for a while and just meditating, like literally just taking all that and going, um, I, I do remember in, in the episode, we discussed like this wound. So it's sort of like, we have to learn how to self heal and regenerate in this altered state and then once that's accomplished we can achieve the full transformation which is the death of something and all literally death is is transformation like i think of speaking of the hanged man a cocoon you know where when the butterfly comes out it's so symbolic of the soul leaving yeah. the corporal place you know well, yeah like, and I think of it away. as letting go of what you mm-hmm. believed you were or mm-hmm. you believed you are letting go of of the beliefs that you've believed up into this point define who you are and what your life is it's almost like saying well what yeah. if what if this isn't true what what might yeah. be possible possibilities yeah. yeah yeah so I mean it's really just fascinating, like, what is it about death that is so terrifying? Yeah. Is it that it no longer exists to our known selves that we are believing we are? Like, Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's just is that the, it? The unknown. Yeah. Yeah, you known know, or is the scary. Truth, or or the, just the very, um, well, some people believe the very true fact that things die. You know what I mean? Like that's true. And it's a hard yeah. thing to um about how do we live knowing that we're gonna die? Yeah. And I guess that was really hard for me. Yeah, because well, I'm so literal, because mm-hmm. I was always going, Well, how is it that I'm still able to breathe if one day I won't be? <laughs> you know? right. like, I mean, I was like, ah it's incredible. I think a maniac. Yeah. I mean the the Buddha Dharma will say that. I don't know if it's unconscious, but, you know, every 
the the main um, form of dukkha, which is just anything that takes us from embodying our, our most authentic self in any given moment, it is that we're all gonna die. <laughs> you know, like it's it's mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. it's the universal um, pebble in your shoe is you know yeah we're all gonna die and we're all afraid of it in some way or another unless we and then that brings up what is fear (laughs) right right um and and the idea too is you know understanding that you know dying can be may always be something that we're afraid of but learning to be okay with that is yeah yeah is the challenge you know i think that's the challenge of all of life is learning to be okay with what you can't have any say so in absolutely and i think that's what some um dharma teachers like to just bring people back to is that you know death is happening in every second you know it 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 just is you know our cells are dying and creating new ones you know at every second so you know death totally yeah it's everywhere all around us all the time in the natural cycle of everything Mm -hmm. Uh, it is the great equalizer it just everything cycles back to it literally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of like we can't avoid it and yet it is the most taboo topic there is i'm just thinking that we can feel so overwhelmed by the mystery and the unknowing aspect of it but just a shift in the belief the inability for people to have right to their own existence um Mm -hmm. that they are denied when they are suffering Mm -hmm. just like we would put an animal out of suffering because it's the kind thing to do like it's unbelievable to me that we cannot do that as humans and make that decision for ourselves it kind of brings to mind you must comply with the rules of of end of life and (laughs) yeah well you think about the implications of religious beliefs in that choice and you know how yeah beliefs that's how I felt about birthing Mm -hmm. it didn't go as I planned I could have died had I not allowed for medical intervention Mm -hmm. um So that was the right thing to do. However, it was my plan and my intention to go in and experience all the pain of childbirth. And Mm -hmm. um, so I understand that completely. Yeah. But that kind of presupposes like that you're going to have. And this brings up one of the points I wanted to talk about was. I think going into this field and the studying that I did, um, I had always had these traumatic death experiences in my life like and maybe that's how your friend died when you were a teenager mm-hmm. I'm gonna assume at that age probably not an expected no natural car, car accidents yeah. yeah that's all I knew and there's all those guilt questions and all those what could I have done differently to have stopped this from happening and but then so you start getting this or at least I did you start sort of um mytholo- myth mythologizing and, and glamorizing and romanticizing this idea of a good death it sounded really great to me like this whole death positive movement the death doula movement mm-hmm. um 
And so let's say you make it to you're, you know, relatively healthy and you get to old age and you slow down and your body starts to say, I'm nearing death. And that's beautiful. And so I think that's all I had in mind. And now I'm seeing these horrific diseases that that people are really suffering in. And it's not pretty. It's not, (laughs) there's nothing romantic about it at all. It's yeah. gross. It's horrible. Yeah. It's agonizing. And it's like, uh, I heard a great thing. Like sometimes that is a teacher. It is a, a moment like you have to go through that similar to like when you're birthing and it's like, Ooh. you're screaming, get this thing out of me <laughs> because you have to get to that point to want to let go. Like you started out saying like, so when you want the suffering to stop, you're screaming, get me out of this unbearable pain. I mm-hmm. I want anything but this. Take mm-hmm. me, God, or my maker, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think about this association with home. And you know how people say when they're dying, you know, take me home. That's a yeah. cool thing. Because I, yeah. I love talking about home and and You're what right. it means on our psyches and stuff. And it's Gosh. so like far reaching. So it was death really. So I just think that's cool that like, that they are entwined and they intersect in that statement. Yeah. yeah. Take me home. Yeah. We're all, Ram Dass said once, you know, oh, yeah. we're, we're all just walking each other home. So it's just, um, you know, and that's where I, I don't understand why we're not allowed to, call the shots in that moment and say, Hey, yeah, put me out of this misery. Let me go. It's just one of the, sorry, just one of the many social constructs that we've, that we continue to live by that are ignoring what I believe, you know, is the truth of our humanity, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and just yeah, like, certainly uh, when we used to act like animals and go off and it's well, funny yeah. you call it humanity it's like the most humane thing is being like an animal sometimes well, that's, like yes that's what i'm going saying. off into like, a cave and dying you know yeah we have um yeah i think if well i think that's really all i had to say about that but something else i was thinking about is you know i i listened one of my one of my hobbies is listening to um, firsthand accounts of near-death experiences. It's incredibly educational and fascinating and... Um, Usually comforting. There was a oh, reason. S- extremely comforting. It's, I yeah. mean, you know, and um, because it's so interesting. I mean, there's millions and millions of um, recorded near-death experiences, you know, around. Oh, yeah. And that... You know, that, my that, mom had one. She described it. That's right. It's so common. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, the fact that we have that much um, data, you know, mm-hmm. it, that alone is, is a scientific, you know, yeah. s- um, statistic right there when there's millions of right. people having these. Like I got a master's degree in it. I mean, right. it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there is enough where I was like, wow, 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 like doing totally. projects like, oh, my gosh, there's all yeah. this research on this topic. They're um, called X. Ex- well, when you get a visitation from beyond, that's called an extraordinary experience. So there's near-death experience and there's extraordinary experiences. Yep. And then there's um, shared death experience. 
or even uh, where you describe that I'm not quite sure yeah so there's some really cool so a shared death experience it can happen either remotely or you're thousands away from the I do remember what what it is go ahead Um, so it's it can happen in lots of different ways but you might have a dream at the time of a loved one passing walking them you know through a door or walking them through something and so you you literally share their trans part of their transition with them so you're or, sharing it with them not necessarily with another um yeah. so yeah shared death experience can happen from like far away in dream form or even if you like you know if you're sitting in bed and you know the ghost of yep. grandma comes and sits down and says love you dear i'll see you later you know that could yeah. be a shared death experience too um, yeah, I know of... my mom's um, dad has been hanging out a lot lately, and I know her sister was around um, like a few. She, he's been around, and uh, my her my aunt, her sister was there and was like, "Smell smoke!" Like, oh, and they were like looking for smoke, and I was like, "Well, didn't you? Your dad smoked a lot." She's like, "I do associate him with cigarette smoke." Yeah, oh, interesting. like it might've been him again, you know, for like sure. He's been really hanging around. So yeah. Um, um, just one more I thing. I think people who are just, you know, tied, tied into it would in a way, like, it's not like he's recently departed, but right. maybe they're right. sharing the experience of they both are close to his energy. So that space of just clear openness and emptiness and curiosity of what what's going to happen you are you're putting yourself in this energetic state of receiving whatever is like most yeah you know needed in this moment and that's kind of what some people think of as spirit guides and all that good stuff um yeah Yeah. but Hmm. you know i think it's interesting um to think about some of the accounts that i listened to with the near-death experiences i can relate to as far as experiences I've had that I've shared on the podcast, you know, with having these lucid dreams and um, very clear visitations from um, so from a higher being, you know, with the whole, like right. when people talk about the big white light opening up and it's so bright white, but it doesn't hurt your eyes. Like I experienced that and I experienced the, the feeling of being in, um, such close proximity to one of those beings and that feeling of like, if I get any closer to you, I'm just going to get sucked into the euphoric feeling of love. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you were going into the light. (laughs) Exactly. Seriously. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, so I, it's interesting to think that, you know, we can still experience aspects of death when we're alive. If, as far as I'm concerned, you know, like I really, well, definitely dreams are, Oh, exactly. Definitely a great place to tap into the possibilities. Right. I think part of me, like I said before, too, believes that dreams could represent our like afterlife. Like it's I think it's what it's going to feel like. You know, it just depends on how aware we're going to we're able to be in that Mm. space. I don't know. And why is death where it is? on the fool's journey that's another thing I'm always like why and I and I had to think about that and it's like maybe because we're still in that young adult phase of life we haven't gone through the worst of it we haven't gone through even worse things than death Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. maybe they're talking about 
the unavoidable end to things. Like I felt like it was a death when my first boyfriend broke up with me and left me for someone else who was Mm -hmm. more his age. You know, he was Mm -hmm. older than me and I was still in high school and it was like, it's really cool. But you know, this, yeah, we were just very, very close and um, I didn't know anything else. So it felt like some, like you, like you said, some part of me ended the daily life losses that we the living losses we experience because sometimes we can't separate the feeling of death from loss and grief and I think that's what we struggle with interesting yeah yeah because you know we don't walk around going oh transformation we walk around like this is my reality and now I don't have this thing anymore like yeah so you have to change your whole life according to what's now missing in it you know yeah oh yeah I was thinking about in terms of um of that being okay with with the impermanent impermanence of things that's death you know that it's Mm -hmm. impermanent so that's you know the biggest lesson in the in the buddha dharma is um there's only yeah there's only two things we can do to create this feeling of I'm out of control which is grasping for too many things or trying to avoid so many things, you know, mm, and it's funny that yeah. you were talking about, you seem, to, you seem <laughs> to go towards like grasping kind of mm-hmm, for control. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I go into avoider. Exactly. Yeah. Complete yeah. shutdown mode. Like, nope, I can't eat. Like there's so many things I have to do or think about or require my, it's attention. almost like a tidal wave coming at you and you exactly. just like I just shut it off. <laughs> exactly so mm-hmm. i think it's interesting you know we all have our pull up the covers tendencies yeah mm-hmm. so is. just for fun did you want to pull a card just for fun do you have a deck near you oh hi al yes, yes, will yes. you be picking yours i'll go get a deck okay yay okay what do you I counted i counted 13 this time like i i cut the deck and then i counted to 13 that's what i did it's a oh. Santa Muerte deck. It's all skeletons. <laughs> I like that a lot. Interesting. The Knight of Swords. Wow. I mean, that to me feels like, like a solid, like a like a solid decision, like a knowing decision, right? Like a, like what do you tell me? What you think? What when I when I think of a knight of swords, I think of someone who's, who has a lot of practice in being intentional with their choices. I think of swords kind of representing the learning we acquire following like a challenge almost like, so if you're like a knight of swords, you're one who not only has been through the stuff, but um, applied your learned understandings of those challenges to inform the next best kind of decision it's kind of kind of the gist that i got so it's almost it's making me think of the controlling aspect of of death um swords are the intellect and i like how you equated them with decision and obviously end of life that's why i chose this deck because it's all about death in fact the um death 
the death card on it. This is the death card. She's pregnant. Oh. <laughs> How cool is that? Right? Yeah. And this is a really neat deck because it um it uh it says advice from the dead in it. So really? just, that's why I'm going to read the card. Um, this, well, I'm just going to read the intellectual center to be air. The swords represent intellectual energy and rationality. Therefore, all of the aspects that are associated with language, the word and the world of ideas and knowledge, even communications and culture are direct consequences of the actions of this suit. Interesting. Um, the knight of swords is an active arcana yeah just meaning like hard um authoritative and totally the master of himself he is able to overcome both physical limits and those of his thoughts ready to fight and to accept any challenge or argument in taking action however he manifests his limits which are connected to an excessive impetuosity and if reversed can become inertia anger or destructive rebellion isn't that interesting because i think that when you're faced with um when your time is near this was something i had jotted down in my notes there is typically a phenomena that happens apparently it happened with my grandmother who was not the nicest person or most pleasant or, you know, soft and uh, cheery, you know, as yeah. we think of wom- womanly, she was yeah. like fierce <laughs> to be feared. Almost. She was really headstrong. And so when she started the dying process and was on hospice, apparently she just totally softened and like blew my mom's mind. She said, wow. she was like, what is happening right now? And, and I said, that's a thing. Your whole demeanor shifts to the opposite of what you people knew you as. Wow. For some reason, it's like you're flipping the coin into this other side of yourself. I, I don't know why. I, Do I mean, I have an idea. You know, my, my idea would just be that you're naturally becoming more comfortable with accepting. But it can be the opposite. Not knowing. Oh, So that's why when it said like the this night, right? Because I was thinking of him in terms of end of life. So, so while she was mean and nasty, let's say in life, she starts dying and she like became this like it's okay whatever you know and just and you know maybe it was the drugs the morphine that they had pumping through her but um you know some people can go the complete opposite way like i i've just in studying right. what i have is like um you can have the nicest person and they get ornery when they are nearing that time. And that's what doesn't yeah. make sense. To I've me. experienced like, that, that greatly. And I worked in long-term care for a brief moment. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I, I witnessed a lot of that. Yeah. Cause he's like, you know, it was saying like he can get mad and fight and argumentative yeah, well, and all this stuff. It's, it's really not that different from, you know, any aspect of our lives where we're either, you know, if we're resisting reality. Mm, yes. 
we're it going is. to, we're going, you know, aversion is what the Dharma would say. If we're resisting it, we're going to get farther away from speaking from, yeah, um, like a place of, I don't know, whatever acceptance if, or yeah, right, right. So maybe that's you know, and then if we grasp, I don't know, because it's really that. interesting. Like, because normally you think of. You know, there's this choice, like, at what point, if you have a terminal illness and you're trying to treat it, Mm -hmm. hospice and palliative care come in to provide comfort Mm -hmm. in your dying days. And those are two opposing things. Like, you can't be on hospice and also have treatment, curative treatment, aggressive treatment of any type. And so usually the language around pursuing treatment and avoiding hospice and, right. and comfort in the end days is fighting, you know, like they call cancer the battle or he lost his battle or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't mm-hmm. stand it. It's, it's yeah. very ableist to me, but cause you know, let's say somebody is just not faring well and their body is just breaking down. They don't really have it's not under their control and they should not be made to feel like they are failures if they don't, you know, everyone, we all have our own idea of what's true. And I think that's mm-hmm. also a yeah. a process of death, you know, when it comes to um, relating to others, you know, the mm-hmm. death of the idea that someone has to see things exactly the, the way that we yeah. do in order to yeah. be someone we can trust or love, you know, or, or something. Yeah, or in it order to validate to our own belief, you know, we have yeah. you have to be comfortable with being the only one that believes something because no one else can have the same oh, that, to believe something as you. That's what I was going to say. Like maybe that's a purpose of it too. Is like almost to inadvertently alienate people who don't share your beliefs about what you want in your dying process, like mm. to kind of scare them off if, if you're someone who's been nice and a doormat or whatever and like you know yeah I'll do whatever you guys want or whatever I should do and then you kind of have to like claim this mean streak and like make everyone kind of put them in their place and be like yeah, I'm gonna be selfish now this is my time and yeah yeah there's many levels but the advice from the dead on that card be rational and learn to communicate your ideas clearly and sincerely. Undertake ah, your projects in a way that also brings vitality to others. Hmm. hmm. What What was the first part of that sentence? Would you mind rereading it? Be rational and learn to communicate your ideas clearly and sincerely. Undertake your projects in a way that also brings vitality to others. So maybe putting it, so when you're intent, when you're starting a project, having the intention of its completion, including the greater the death good? of it. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Know. Knights are interesting figures because especially the Knight of Swords, um, they are known to be very uh, cutthroat, very I mean, a, a lot of swords analogies, you know, like mm-hmm. piercing, mm-hmm. cutting, um, sharp with their words, like assertiveness. I mean, yeah, you know, there's yeah. just the idea that at the end of, you know, as these 
physical bodies might be nearing that transition, maybe we become more assertive naturally because we, what we intend and what we desire becomes much more clear. Right. Right. Is that, I got the hermit. I got the hermit. Wow. That's really cool. Sorry. The knight of swords was Al's. He always gets courts. He (laughs) always pulls court cards. And I was just thinking about how much the hermit is like death, really. Yeah. Well, guess what I pulled? What's that? I pulled the moon. Oh, yeah. And which um, um, Carol Bridges calls the grandmothers. And it's really all Mm. about just being in a place of reception, receiving these insights from those who've come before us. You know, it's specifically around ancestors and um very cool tuning into your ancestors yes read um okay um so the card speaks we are the grandmothers and the moon is our symbol we are intuitive knowledge that you feel or sense knowledge that seems to be within your body our teaching is this trust your body your body subtly reacts to everything you present to it and gives you feedback as to whether a particular thing is right for you in that moment. At night, when you sleep and dream, your body goes through experiences that it needs to in order to live the life you're attempting to live. Your thoughts lay out the blueprint and your body tells you what to do moment by moment through its feeling responses. It lets you know if you have erred in your planning. It gives you peace and joy if you've planned well. Yeah, I think part of this is being willing to to gather information before you set out on that next step of your plan. Just take take maybe take some time to be in touch with your elders. Tune in and listen. Yes. Yeah. Tune yeah. in and listen your dreams, your elders, your ancestors. And I guess there is no coincidence that I chose the deck that deals with um people who have passed, you know, communication from the dead, literally. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. what this deck has to offer. It's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. You know, just talking about things like it doesn't have to be the um, death. It doesn't have to be those little daily losses like I was talking about, but it can be big things like relationships, careers, jobs, Mm -hmm. um, a, a move, um, all of those things are sort of like deaths. Um, yeah. Um, and I, it, and so maybe we can take those moments, those lesser deaths and kind of, I mean, it's why I was scared of sleep. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like anytime that you're messing with consciousness, there is some feeling or fear that overcomes us where we're like, what if I don't, what if I don't come back from that? At um, Carol Bridges, representation of death sunset which i think is interesting to think about sunset and then the card i pulled is the moon you know um very yeah very um related but she she talks so the affirmation of her card is i accept the changes that will come through higher states of consciousness all change works to bring about my freedom and my good i let go and i'm free so she's she talks a lot about acceptance i think and letting go as the gifts of death yeah and also just that literally there can be like in the cycle of similar to the wheel right so if the wheel is like turning and turning and you know we can't really control like where we are on the wheel and the seasons and things like that 
And I think you said she calls it the harvest is like reaping, you know, what comes from the time of change. And so it's constant change, constant flux. And taking a moment to like, accept that while this isn't permanent, like we're going to eat it, the harvest, it's going to pass through our bodies. Mm-hmm. It all just keeps going. We poop, the poop is fertilizer. You know what I mean? Like animal poop is fertilizer, but that's kind of where death is like the, the thing that ends up creating space. Because when that one thing is gone, if it's always, it's kind of why I don't like the hanged man or that feeling or that energy, because it's like, if it's always looming, if it's always just going to be hanging out there, it never ends. And you can never have room for that next thing to start growing. Interesting. You know, like think about like a dead tree, or I think I talked about it in another episode, like this, like dead tree shrub that just would not come up and so I couldn't put anything there right and it's almost like stagnant stagnant energy yes yeah like no room for for flow and I love the hangman I'm not saying I hate the hangman but you know I'm saying like it there's a reason it comes right before death and it's like it it helps you accept that there is going to be this loss but it helps you by assimilating that knowledge that well if it like with death and birth if you don't go through the pain and the agony and the suffering then how are you going to know how are you going to want to let it go you have to go through that and that so back to the hangman just that the wound or the trauma of some sort. And maybe that's simply the knowledge that I'm going to have to let go of this attachment. I'm going to have to look at this differently. I'm going to have to change my relationship. And Mm -hmm. I'm picturing a hanged, a person hanging upside down and like all the change falling out of their pockets or something. Yeah. You know, and just like everything's empty. And like we talked about in another episode, this emptiness thing, where we can be a vessel to allow new fertile soil and the compost of Absolutely. those who have passed, you know, to yeah. bring forth and allow new life to grow where they left. You know, that's the whole beauty of the ancestor idea. I love that. Well, I think what you just described too is the definition of enlightenment. I mean, that's the idea is to walk through our lives in that constant place of, receiving letting go i like how you said curiosity that's a good one yeah exactly for the mystery yeah what might happen next you know instead of being more attached to what what's what am i losing right like what might this 